Hey guys, I'm Caleb Kisterki, and this is the Proven Progression Podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Chase Yock and Isaac Kisterki, and we're going to talk about riding Seeley Lake and just go over some of the details you might want to know um, about the riding area and uh, where to stay and uh, that type of thing. I thought these guys might have some cool perspective on riding Seeley and just the Seeley Lake lifestyle because Isaac grew up in Seeley Lake and Chase spent all of last winter um, living there and guiding. So figured uh, I'd bring them in and we do a podcast talking about it and give some perspective of what Seeley's like. Kind of feel like I'm a transfer student to this here. Yeah, a little bit of a little bit of that vibe, but I think I think I got some good incentive or a uh, midwestern perspective, maybe you could say. Yeah, you have a cool perspective because you have the the outsider perspective and what it's like spending just the winter season there. Isaac and I have a completely different perspective because we grew up in Sealy and it's our hometown. So, um, you know, I think you're going to have more of like a a sledder perspective and what you felt last winter riding in Sealy is going to more accurately portray what someone's going to feel when they come. Um, into the area and ride mm-hmm. as like a new place and yeah what it feels like to to roll into there for the first time the the adventure aspect yeah. of it yeah and a little bit less of the bias of like your hometown and like mm-hmm. hating everything because you grew up there <laughs> <laughs> it is it is kind of a small town i could see it getting a little bit monotonous as you spend time there but it's a fantastic place. I don't think get that get that excitement as much anymore. Yeah, that's, that's the exciting. thing. We get, we're spoiled because we spent our whole life there. And Sealy's phenomenal. I love Sealy, but um, I don't really want to live there anymore just because I grew up there and you you view it differently because of that. <laughs> you like drive up to the gas station to fill gas before going out sledding. It's like, oh, this was cool when I was like twelve years old. Like this was exciting, but now it's just this <laughs> the same place I've been going to every time I go out riding. Yeah, but n- the riding itself is still just as cool. Okay, but Rover's has got some good breakfast burritos. It's Rivera's. <laughs> it's Rivera's. Obviously, you can't go up there. You have not spent enough time there. It's Rivera's. Rover's. <laughs> Actually, there are locals who call it Rover's or whatever. But they're it's close wrong. enough. I mean, you're going to know where it is when you say Rover's because it's that gas station. Well, there's only two in yeah. town. so The other one is definitely not Rover's. So And they do not have good breakfast burritos, so the I point think stands. I've, I think I've been, I lived there for a full year, and I think I was there once, twice maybe. Yeah, the Sinclair. Yeah. I've only been there like twice in my whole life. That's where you go if you're underage and want to buy alcohol. <laughs> you can't put out those tips on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, let's get, uh, let's get started. Um, Sealy Lake is in Northwestern Montana. It's about an hour from Missoula. Missoula is like the big population center or the closest population center. Um, like we already discussed, Isaac and I grew up in Sealy. There's phenomenal riding. And I think a lot of people have heard of Sealy now just because of so many, um, good riders riding there getting tagged on social media, uh, some YouTube videos being put out. And uh, just kind of word of mouth. So the secret's out. Like people know where Sealy is and um, are riding it a lot more. There's a few things that make Sealy special. And I think that's why it's kind of blown up in popularity. And uh, from my perspective, one of the things that makes Sealy so good is the type of snowpack we get because it's a really heavy, wet snow. And you can shovel that into jumps um, or shovel like pillows into features for doing 270 flips and it makes the snowpack really playful and um, allows you to add a lot of different style into your riding. Uh, what do you guys yeah, like about you, Sealy? It lets you be super creative um, and the features are just endless. It's 
not necessarily the the big bowls and you know giant climbs all over the place but it's every every knoll that you go over you have this next set of like cliffs drops you know little little features that let you be super creative in your riding style and really allow you to be like limitless on how hard you want to push yourself because there's always that next step you can take because of that that those features and that availability yeah it's super benchy so you could go like 10 feet off the pack trail and practice on a hillside right there or if you're more experienced you can go you know five ten miles back in and just ride bench after bench and you know pull Mm -hmm. cliff lines and tree lines and just keep pushing back and exploring yep it's super relatable like um to the up i tell a lot of people that i've ridden with that are our up riders or midwestern guys i tell them that they would absolutely love it in sealy because it's a it's the same style just multiplied by 10. Um, it's you kind of you kind of feel at home pretty quick in that area. One because of the snowpack and two because of the terrain. It's just it's the same thing, just bigger, tight, technical and just a ton of fun. Yeah, and the, the elevation's lower kind of like the UP too. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're in Colorado at 12,000 feet. Yeah, yeah. So your sled, if your sled's set up really good for the UP, you probably have to drop a few grams in your uh, primary, but then your clutching and sled setup should be yeah, pretty good no, to go that's it. No, it's super easy to go back and forth and you can actually breathe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your sled makes power. You don't have to be rocking. You know, turbos are fun, but you don't necessarily need one riding in Sealy either. Yeah. Like you're still making pretty decent power. You can also get away with a shorter track in Sealy. Oh, yeah, you can. Like a well, 146 in Colorado or Wyoming would suck because you just... You don't get enough flotation in that type of snowpack. But in Sealy, because the snow is so dense, you just trench down to something you can get traction on. So 146 is end up being a lot of fun. I don't necessarily recommend like setting a 146 up to come out here. But if you have a 146, you'll be able to survive. It'll just mm-hmm. be a little more work. You can make it through. Yeah. And, and still have a good trip, yep. especially in the spring. Yeah. The little more set up snowpack. Yep. And if you are an experienced rider on a 146, it just makes it that much more fun. We're just like yeah. wheeling everywhere and just like flipping over backwards for fun and so playful. I get asked all the time, like, how do I make my sled wheelie? And I never set it up to wheelie. It just has to do with riding steep terrain and having a snowpack that's thick and heavy so the track actually gets traction. Mm-hmm. Um, the higher elevation riding is a, a really sugary snow, so you just don't get the traction and you don't get the ski lift because of the lack of traction i think my least favorite part about sealy is just a lack of big rolling alpine like terrain that you you get a little bit of that in cook city and you get a lot of that in bc and that terrain is super valuable for building jumps and learning to jump and sealy doesn't have very much of that you have to be a pretty skilled jumper to find much for jumps in sealy yeah there's some pretty tight areas in there that i've seen you just poke some jumps out of like it doesn't, it, it's not someplace I don't think anybody else would no. say, yeah, this is a good spot. To just build. like coming out between two trees <laughs> with like maybe like a 10 foot gap in between the trees, just like nailing a sniper landing. It's <laughs> yeah. Some of the stuff was. that Kyle and I have done in Sealy is pretty fucked up, but uh, I like, if I was going to go out and learn how to do that type of jump, I wouldn't be able to learn it just jumping in Sealy. I had to mm-hmm. go build that foundation of skill mm-hmm jumping in Cook City and Revelstoke or Whistler to be able to bring that skill set back to Sealy and then find more Mm -hmm. jumps. Yeah, I guess the only other thing is uh, Sealy, the community is super tight, but if you're there for an extended period of time, 
you kind of run out of things to do and like the nightlife aspect of it. Um, the, the bars and the restaurants there, they're all really great. If you're coming there for a week or two, like they're phenomenal. They're owned by really great people. They're really nice. But if you're there for a full year, it, uh, it gets, it gets a little dull. I would say, <laughs> I think you would probably agree with living yeah. there, you know, Especially um, if you move there with your family, that's one thing. But if you're a single guy in your 20s and you're yep. living there for a full winter, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more later in this podcast, like going out in Sealy versus going out in Missoula and just a few tips for um, those of you who are single um, and want to go out to the bars and uh, that scene. What about you, Isaac? What what are some things you don't like about riding Sealy? Uh, probably just like the size of the terrain or just like the size of the zones because... <laughs> I I mean, I grew up there, so I kind of just feel like I've rode it all. And I think most of that's probably just how much I've rode it. But I could definitely, like, it. if you're there for long enough, you'll start to feel like you're riding some of the same stuff. But then that's also when, like, it, it opens up the opportunity to find new little pockets within those zones. And so it's kind of a double-edged sword. It's like it that you'll get, you'll start riding some of the kind of skipping over some of the stuff you've rode before. But then you poke into these new little pockets that just have you really start to like explore the depths of the terrain. Um, yeah. The overall area is relatively small, but there's so much like it's so dense with good little pockets yeah, to ride. Yeah. You can yeah. always find something. There's yeah. always something fresh. There's always kind of a new area yeah. that you poke over and you're like, Oh, I didn't even know this was here, but you might have to ride through some of the stuff you've seen before to get there. You're spent like a quarter of the day in the zone that you've been in before. Yeah, that's the problem for us. We grew up riding it. We've been in those zones since we could walk. Yeah. So it all feels kind of like just the same thing. Um, I think you could ride, you know, probably four or five years straight before you really get burnt out on the ride. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. What do you think, Chase? You spent all of last winter riding there. Yep. Yep. No, last winter, that was the only place besides one trip back to the UP that I rode. And I never got close to it getting old. Um it was just continuous, continuous zones where every time I'd go there, I'd go a little bit further and find something new to hit, something new that was just this waterfall or some new waterfall that I'd pop over top of a hill. And there's this new cliff with a waterfall coming out. I was like, how did I know this was here before? And that's part of what makes Sealy so unique. But I could see that after enough time that it could get a little bit old, but man, you'd have to ride that a lot yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. to get to that yeah. point. Yeah. And I'm still finding these little pockets too that I've yeah. never been in, which is kind of wild. Most of it's at lower elevation. Um, so like mid season or later in the year when the low elevation stuff has good snowpack, I'm mm-hmm. still finding new ice formations. And, and new I think Sealy is really rewarding for as you become a better rider, you can get into new zones. There's a lot of areas that have a pretty high barrier to entry. Yeah. yeah and you so, won't find anyone in those zones either. No. Once you get good enough, you're the only one there. That's yes. a nice thing. When I do my advanced clinics, we always find untracked areas to ride because mm-hmm. my advanced clinics, the guys are good enough that we can go into my honey holes that I found over the last 10 years and get the whole crew in there. And there's no tracks because majority of riders in Sealy aren't good enough to access that. Maybe not necessarily that 
they're not good enough, but they just know better than to drop down some of these places. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> well, to find like these little honey holes, it's yeah. not just skill. Yeah. There's a lot of riders that have the riding skill, but mm-hmm. lack the navigation skill. Yep. And you have to have all of it to mm-hmm. like push into these little tiny honey yep. holes. And Sealy is so tight that if you don't really know where you're going and you drop into the wrong spot, you can oh, get yeah. turned around really easily. It took yep. me quite a few rides back there to really get my head on straight of where everything was. Because you drop into one valley and you can't see, you know, the mountain peaks around you to to navigate yourself. Or if it's snowing, everything kind of starts to look the same a little bit. Yeah, you yeah, know, definitely. Just, just like anywhere else kind of will when you drop into the mountains. But I think Sealy is really bad for that just because it's so thick and so dense. Yeah. You don't have any waypoints that are farther away yeah. that you can rely on. Pretty much every year there's a search and rescue call for someone that has spent the night because yeah. they couldn't figure out how to get out. Or it couldn't get back up what they dropped mm-hmm. into. One of the unique things about Sealy is you can ride right from town if you want to. But uh, most guys end up trailering to the main parking lot. And that's called Boy Scout uh, or the Heliport. I think the locals call it the Heliport because there's a helicopter landing there. Uh, but a lot of people know it as Boy Scout because it's right off Boy Scout Road. So to get there, you uh, head north on Highway 83 for just under five miles. You'll take a left onto Boy Scout Road. Stay on Boy Scout for three quarters of a mile. And then you turn right onto Fawn Creek Road. And the parking lot's just off of Fawn Creek Road on the right-hand side. Um, so just follow that for about a mile, and you'll see a giant parking lot. Yeah, you'll definitely see it. It's like, hard to miss. There'll be trailers in the parking lot. Yeah, Fawn Creek Road turns into a groom trail um, and c- turns left. And then <laughs> uh, the parking lot's on the right-hand side. So you can't really miss it. There's a big groomer shack there, too. So you unload there. And then uh, take Fawn Creek Road um, up, and it turns into Deer Creek Road. And then once you're about a mile up, there's a three-way. And you can go any direction on that three-way and get into riding. Uh, I'm not going to really give all the details of how to get into the zones. Um, you guys will have to figure that out on your own. But you can head towards the warming hut if you want, and then just kind of follow tracks back into the, the benchy um, zones with the lakes um, or... You can go a completely different direction at that three-way and go up to um, Marshall. Yeah, go up towards Marshall and ride the stuff over there. Mm-hmm. So that's just going to be on you to look at maps and figure out how to ride um, those zones. A couple things to be aware of is avalanche slide paths. There's not a lot in Sealy, but there's a couple pretty dangerous ones. So I recommend staying out of those, regardless of avalanche conditions. It's better just to avoid, avoid them. There's so oh, much terrain that is yeah. safe. Like why risk? riding through those zones um and then there's a bunch of wilderness closure as well so you'll want to take a close look at a map and make sure you stay out of there make sure you're aware of that before you head out there know your boundaries download an app i know i use like the onyx yeah um i don't know what you use use onyx too or i have a memory we grew up there we know (laughs) yeah we know the borders Yeah. Yeah. yeah um onyx is a is a pretty good one to use yeah, they patrol it heavily. The fines are really expensive, and it gives sledders a really bad name when you ride wilderness. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of there's plenty of stuff that's in bounds. That's a lot of fun. You really right. don't need to go out of bounds to like push, uh, push the limits of it. There's no reason Not to. Yeah. yeah, we're already fighting hard to keep the legal stuff open in Sealy, and if we keep having so many people come into Sealy and go out of bounds, like it's going to make it harder mm-hmm. for us to ride um, what we're riding and. They're going to be the Forest Service is pretty friendly to outsiders coming in and riding Sealy, but if it continues to be such an issue with guys going out of bounds, they're going to um, become less friendly to us and just make 
it harder and put more restrictions on us. Yeah, I guess while we're talking about the roads too, on the uh, on the way out as you're coming out of Boy Scout that first tee, um, just a little PSA on that one. It gets a little bit slick. There's been I think probably just in the year I was there, three people just piled it right off the right off the edge of that tee, and it's probably a 15, 20 foot drop off the end. Not more, yeah. Yep. And it's just like straight yep. down. And if there's enough snow, it doesn't like it's not the end of the world but we've seen from pretty bad like pileups down there oh, yeah i mean the last thing you want on the end of a trip is just pile up your yeah, your trailer. trailer upside down yep. in a ditch yep 30 feet down there's probably gonna be a couple of you listening to this be like yep, yep <laughs> we know where that, that is yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so it's the first corner when you're coming um back from the parking lot it's the first corner where you take a left on a boy scout road where fawn creek road turns into boy scout road and you're turning left. People blow through that corner and go off mm-hmm. that edge. And like Chase was saying, it's like a 15, 20 foot drop. And there's almost never a snowbank there to stop you or it's not mm-hmm. big enough. So trucks plow right through that and then go down into that 15 foot ditch. Yeah. And I, I think I've seen at least eight vehicles in the last two years, yeah, including one of my clients. Yeah. yeah. It's been a, I don't know why it started being such an issue because it wasn't. They spread gravel after every storm, but if you, like, if you catch it right after a storm, like before they spread the gravel, it's it's so slick. Just from the amount of people that drive on it too, it just compresses it and turns into a nice little ice rink. Yeah. Yup. And then you end up on your side before you know it. Let's talk about the risk of avalanches in Sealy a little bit more. So like we talked about, there's a few slide paths to avoid. Mm-hmm. Overall, most of the terrain's pretty safe because it's benchy and rolly and getting broken up with cliffs. Um, there are a couple bulls. The North Fork bulls have a pretty high risk. And uh, I would definitely stay out of those on any higher avalanche danger days. Uh, we have a really good forecast um, website that uh, forecasts for Sealy. It's called MissoulaAvalanche.org. Um, so I would check that out. Just be aware when you look at their reports, they report in the Bitterroot, um, the Swan Range, and then Sealy Range. So look at where the report is and um, compare that to the Snowtel site that's in Sealy to like make sure the report that you're looking at is accurate to um, the recent snowfall in Sealy. So the Snowtel site is 667. And if you just Google Snowtel 667, yeah. it'll pull up the Snowtel site that is most accurate for the riding. It's not so that Snowtel site is in um, the out of bounds stuff, but it it's very accurate for the good riding in Sealy. It's close enough that it's it's super accurate, like within um, an inch or two, pretty much every storm. So you can compare that Snowtel reading to the Avalanche report and make sure um, what you're reading on the Avalanche report is accurate because. And you should do that for any avalanche report, yep. not just Sealy. Like, yeah, that's any anywhere you go ride. Make sure that you know the area. Make sure you've taken the classes. You understand the danger of it. Like, it's uh, it's easy to look at a forecast and be like, oh, the avalanche danger is low. But then you read the whole report and you realize they did their report at four thousand feet, you know, on a south facing slope, and the avalanche condition on a north facing slope at eight thousand feet might be completely different. So you just have to really look at the nuances of um, those reports. And the general rating is a good starting point, but to really understand the risk of what you're riding, you need to dig into it deeper. And don't make sure you don't let us saying that, oh, it's generally most places are safe, you know, in this Sealy. Don't let that give you a false sense of confidence, right? Because there's still yeah. some very dangerous areas there. And make sure you still got your head on straight, like... Yeah, the risk is 
of riding Sealy's, you know, high compared to staying at home, but it's yeah. lower than like riding big bulls in Cook City, I guess is what I, I meant mm-hmm. by my statement. Now we're going to go over a couple different options for where you can stay in Sealy. Um, I have my bunkhouse there that I Airbnb in the summer and then book through my website in the winter. It's booked pretty much every weekend for clinics. But uh, if you take a look at my website, provenprogression.com, you can hit the lodging button and see what type of availability that has. And then Kyle Hustis has an Airbnb that's set up great for sledders. Um, and I definitely recommend checking out his Airbnb. I'll, I'll put a link to my lodging option and his lodging option at the bottom of this podcast. And then also uh, there's a couple other hotel or cabin options in Sealy. I don't really have a strong recommendation because I don't think one's like far superior than another. But uh, I generally recommend the Double Arrow Lodge to people that uh, can't find an Airbnb or you know want a hotel experience instead yeah, of that. double arrows nice got some good food there and stuff too like yeah the cabins are, are pretty decent there and then you have the restaurant um that you can walk to from the cabin mm. and they have pretty good parking for trailers yeah there's a lot of space over there yeah um i guess housing in sealy though can be or someplace to stay that can be kind of difficult sometimes it's because of like we talked about it's kind of a small area like you got to make sure you uh if you want to stay there kind of get ahead of the ball game get your stuff planned yeah as plan it as far in advance as you can Mm -hmm. um you know like like i said my place kyle's place other airbnbs you know those are all good options the double arrow uh stuff books up though and a couple of the hotels shut down a couple years ago and there's more people riding sealy than ever before so the combination of those two things make it a little bit harder to find lodging than it used to be Otherwise, what's the next best next best thing to have to come to Missoula here? Yeah, you you could stay in Missoula. So Missoula is about an hour away from mm-hmm. Sealy, so that would be an option too. And there are there's a few advantages to that one. There's more parts in Missoula. There's more food options, and it's only an hour drive to Sealy. So if you can't find anything in Sealy, just keep that in mind. Yep, and then I guess if you were looking for more of the uh, whole vacation experience of it you know you want to ride but you also want to have fun you can kind of do a little bit more nightlife stuff around this area yeah that's a good point if you're looking like for Missoula. good bars to go out to you might want to stay in yeah. Missoula anyway because i mean we're all snowmobilers you know this is our vacation <laughs> yeah you want to have a good time so um cool so what about food um I guess like my first preference of food in Sealy would probably be Lindy's Steakhouse. Uh, that's where I take all my clients for my clinics. And Caleb's a big meat and, fan. Yeah, I love, <laughs> I love, I love my meat. No, they have super yeah. good steak, and uh, it's like they, home style. Yeah, and their mushrooms. Oh, mushrooms are good, of course. Yeah, mushrooms. <laughs> their bread. I forget what they call their bread. Oh, bites. what's that? Yeah, yeah. The 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 super bread. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. super yeah. bread. Yeah. Whatever. Even reheat's <laughs> nice though. <laughs> yeah, that place is uh, delicious. They just yeah. don't have very many options. It's like crab on weekends and steak and steak during the week. Yep. And that's yep. I mean, like three really, different cuts of steak. You really don't that's need all. any other options. Yeah, you can eat steak every single night for like a week long trip. It's still gonna be good. <laughs> I, don't know. I like steak, but that's a lot of steak. <laughs> uh, there's a couple other options in Sealy. Um, what's your next favorite option after Lindy's? I, I got to say I'm a coop fan. The you old, like the chicken coop? The old chicken coop. Oh, I, it's so dude, some, greasy, though. Some, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you just need your bar food. You're just good old chicken tenders, french fries, and like a Coors Light. You know, if that's, uh, if that's what you need at the end of a day... <laughs> 
That's where you're going to find it. Yeah, that's true. The Double Arrow, like we mentioned earlier, has pretty good food, but the atmosphere mm-hmm. is a little different. It's, it's a little bit more like kind of classy lodge style. You know, if that's yeah. what you're looking for, you want that kind of everything's going to be nice and clean up to par. You know, you got, a, I think, a tablecloth on the table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. nice. Don't get me wrong. The yeah. food is phenomenal. Uh, it's a super, super nice place. And it all depends what you're looking for. Yeah, Double Arrow is like kind of the high higher end. I mean, that's the highest end option in mm-hmm. Sealy. Then Lindy's is kind of right below the Double Arrow, like just a, a more of like a a normal mm-hmm. bar atmosphere, but really good. A little food. bit, yeah, like a bar. If a bar and a steakhouse had yeah. like a child, exactly. <laughs> that would be much, Lindy's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you have the Chicken Coop, um, which is kind of that's just a greasy mm-hmm. bar. Which it's, nothing wrong with that if that's what you want. Oh, I love it. And then <laughs> what's uh you? That's uh, what the wants. filling station. <laughs> the filling you like the station. filling station, right? Yeah, the filling station's good. Get some uh, clam chowder on Friday. Huge clam chowder fan. I don't know why something about it. I didn't even know that was a thing in Montana. <laughs> Fridays, Fridays, they just go ham on clam chowder everywhere. Everyone just gets so excited, and I'm so into it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I didn't yeah. even know about that. Oh, for, yeah. Any restaurant here on a Friday? You guys have no idea. Uh, How no, do you not I, know this? You lived here. I don't eat soup. I don't do soup. <laughs> no good soup. Right <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So that's pretty much the food options. Pretty limited. Yep. yep. And then the but, bars are kind of pretty much anywhere that has food also has yeah, a bar. Pretty much. And they yeah. all follow the same suit. It's yeah. a small town. Yeah. <laughs> Philly Station and then uh, Chicken Coop are gonna be your dive bar style. Um, filling station has a pool table. They both have a little mini casino because it's Montana and everywhere has a mini casino. <laughs> um, Lindy's has got a nice little bar, some nice craft cocktails. And then uh, Lindy's actually also does lunch. I forgot about that. They do like like basically like steak burgers for lunch too. And they're yeah. super good. Hopefully that, everyone's out riding though. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> let's say, let's say, let's your say, sled's broke yeah, down, your sled yeah. broke and you want just a classy place to drink while all your friends are out having fun and you want some good food while you do it. Well, that's a good place to drown your sorrows. Yeah. Yeah. What about breakfast? Drink the depression do, you a, do you have a breakfast recommendation? Chase? Ooh, pops. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've had some breakfast. Breakfast, breakfast pops. sandwiches. Yep. Um, that's almost a daily thing. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was pops, you know, Go to get sleds to the lot, call Pops on the way back, have it ready. They have like a drive through, swing in there, grab the breakfast sandwiches, get ready, and then head back to the lot. Go the fill day. up your personal sled at Rover's and then get, get yes, a nice breakfast Rovers. burrito there. Yeah. Yep, that's that's the uh, mountain lunch. Honestly, wraps it in tinfoil, you can just toss it in your bag. That's they perfect, stay nice. Yeah. yeah, it's still like lukewarm by lunchtime, usually. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Don't don't leave them in there overnight though. They're oh, not good yeah. cold. Like, half <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> I don't even want to think about your Rivero's burrito left overnight in, in yeah, your like, glove box. Yeah, like take Just a, a bite and sizzle box. it on your pipe, you know, for a bite. Yeah, I mean, so pops would probably be first choice. Yeah, the chicken coop does breakfast, I believe. Do they? I think um, so. I see a lot of vehicles parked there. I think those are just the uh, ones that got left over. <laughs> yeah, the people who <laughs> didn't make it home. And drinking. <laughs> they didn't make get their vehicles. And Rivero's has breakfast burritos. They're gas station burritos. They're like a step above a normal gas station burrito. Yeah, I would say. Several steps below Pop's breakfast. Yeah, but if for, you're in a rush. For the Midwestern guys, it's not like a quick trip, you know, like a hot spot, but it's up there. It's not bad. Yeah. They have hot stuff. So if you're familiar with hot stuff, that's what it is. That's like a Northwestern thing, I think. 
Mm. Lots of stuff gas stations. Their little mini pizzas are pretty decent. Oh, yeah, the pizzas are good. Oh, those are greasy. Those are, they're good. Yeah, well, <laughs> someone who likes the yeah, chicken yeah. coop is, <laughs> is <laughs> obligated to like a greasy No, he can't handle pizza. it the next morning, though. After eating chicken coop, he can't handle the pizzas. <laughs> we got pretty excited about the food uh, in Sealy, but we didn't really touch on sled rentals or parts, and uh, those, are, those are more important than food. Well, they are to me. Yeah, I think so. It depends on the rider. Yeah. <laughs> the athlete but to me parts and uh sleds yeah. are a lot more important yeah. so for sled rentals uh there's kyle Hustis and he has polaris and articats um i work a lot with kyle and send all of my clients to him to uh rent polaris's and then there's carl with uh crazies and he has a few skidoo rental options i believe he has gen 4 uh 850s and now i think he's gonna have a gen 5 or a couple gen 5s this winter as well um, for parts, Kyle Hustis stocks a fair amount of Articat parts um, and Polaris stuff. Do you know if he does Skidoo? Uh, we'll have a couple random things. Like he'll have some sco- like ski rubbers or stuff like that, but nothing too crazy. Usually. Yeah, so if you need Skidoo parts, you could check with him first. Um, the next best place for Skidoo parts would be Carl's place. Um, you could check with him. And then uh, if he doesn't have what you need, you'll have to go to Missoula and get it from Gull Boats and RV. Um, Russell Motorsports in Missoula has a lot of uh, Cat and Polaris parts as well. They do a pretty good job keeping pretty stuff. Pretty solid dealer. They usually have yeah. anything that we don't have, we can usually get it from there. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then if you need stuff welded, um, Pittman, um, he's the machine shop in town. He does a really good job. He has uh, MIGs, TIGs, and stick welders. So pretty much anything you need welded, he can do it. If you're in a pinch and you need it like late on a Friday night, he probably won't be able to do it. But you know, if it's a Monday morning, you could probably take it to the shop and he'd get it done. He's he's pretty uh he he helps letters out quite a bit. So yeah, yeah it's he worth, rides and yeah, he's a couple over. conversations with him. Yeah, he's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, it's He'll a take care, yeah. It's a phenomenal shop and mm-hmm. he's a rider, so he gets it when sleds are broke. Um trail passes. So you can get trail passes from the gas station, um, Rivero's. So, yeah, the Rivero's is the hardware store, the pizza place, trail pass, buying location. Meet and greet. <laughs> Go yeah. out some other sledders <laughs> yep. while you're filling gas. Yep. It's kind of like the hub of Sealy, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's a, a great spot to get trail passes. If you're traveling through Missoula, you can get trail passes from Russell Motorsports. Um, I highly recommend getting your trail pass the night before riding because the lineup will be pretty crazy on a, a Friday or Saturday morning because everyone's trying to get their trail pass that morning. So if you have the ability to get it the night before, I definitely recommend that and it'll save you a half hour of standing in line. The, uh, the old line at Rovers tends to uh, get pretty long because as many years as there's been sliders coming in there, they just don't... Uh, seem to put more people on staff so you're just gonna wait and that's what it's gonna be if you get up like first thing in the morning on a saturday though you'll be fine like most sliders are sleeping in so you get there like 7 30 a.m you'll be fine maybe you are it's yeah. just it's just when you so they only have a couple employees that can do the trail passes because yeah. it, it's some government form they have to fill out so if you show up with a group of 10 guys trying to get trail passes at eight or nine in the morning you're going to be waiting a long time mm-hmm. if it's a single person and it's 7 a.m They'll get it done right away. Just yep. get it the night before if it's handy. Yeah, because I'm gonna be yeah. I'm gonna be in the back of the line trying to buy my breakfast burrito. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be ticked. He wants that breakfast burrito that he's gonna forget about until the next day. He's yeah. gotta get. He's gotta head, go to head start. And I'm that. gonna be so mad if I have to wait there while you are buying ten trail passes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, I think that covers most everything you need to know about Sealy. 
Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Missoula, just in case you guys end up staying there or you want to hit the night scene down there. Um, I haven't been drinking or partying much recently, but um, I've done plenty in the past to get a pretty good idea of what bars are fun. Um, and Chase spent all of last winter here as a single guy, so he might have some uh, perspective on going out in Missoula. Missoula has about 100,000 people in it, so there's a lot of different food options. I think one of my favorite places to eat is the Tamarack downtown. Uh, they have really good kind of bar-style food, burgers, nachos. Giant nachos. Wings, yeah. good wings. Good wings, yeah. chicken tenders, fish. And giant nachos. And the nachos, nachos are huge. Yeah. Their <laughs> nachos will fill like three guys up. I had to bring that up twice just because like... <laughs> it's we impressive. Got, it got blown over the first time I said nachos, and you're like, well, da-da, but to make sure. Yeah. If you want some giant nachos. Tamarack. Mm-hmm. What about you, Isaac? What's your favorite place to eat? Uh, Mar Bar's probably got the best buffalo mac I've ever Ooh. had. But I wouldn't recommend eating it before a day out riding. Maybe wait until <laughs> the end of your trip and then go hit it. If you stack the Mar Bar mac and cheese and a couple of beers together, you'll be uh, blowing your insides out for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chase, uh, what's your favorite food? Got, oh, favorite food? Oh, man. Top Hat's good. Tamarack's top good. good yeah. I do like Top Hat. A little, that's a little bit more classier. I don't know the interior there is kind of so so. Whoever put that together just dude it looks. Hard. I did that. I did the remodel at the top hat. I know you such did a that. dick thing to say. Especially like the outside seating, all the railing and stuff. The oh, I did all of that. I did a good if job. If you look on closely, it. you'll see just like a bunch of two by twos that aren't even fully painted. Oh, well, that <laughs> I'm not a painter, so that's not on me. <laughs> Caleb's influenced the society right there. Yeah, yeah. So tamrack for nachos. Marbar for mac and cheese. Like, it's a unique type of mac and cheese. And Marbar has other good food, too. Top Hat for burger. I think the Top Hat has the best burgers in town. If you want burgers, go to the Top Hat. It's all kind of a nice downtown. Once you're out there, you really can decide either one. They're all kind of close together. Like, everything's pretty centralized. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have all your chain, you know, food Mm -hmm. options, too. Like, the Montana Club, the Kenzie River. That stuff's good, but... Going downtown is cool. It's a unique experience, especially if you're going to drink afterwards or yep. want to do a little bar hopping. Yeah, the timing through. the timing works out nice. It's really not too far away. So you get on riding. You don't slide down the ditch getting out of Boy Scout. Yeah. <laughs> you get over here, get yourself some good food. Either one, any of the options here are really good. Kind of those are, I'd say, our top three. Um, get some food. And then after that, like if you kind of want to kill a little bit more time before like the really like night scenes going on. There's a couple nice breweries in the area that I like to go to, like have a cut, like a nice craft cocktail or, or some craft beer or something like that. What are your suggestions for like those? Yeah, the, I mean, all the breweries are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any that pop into my head for names. Uh, and then like there's some good mixed drink options too. Top Hat has pretty good mixed drinks. Yep. Marbar has really good mixed drinks um, and food. So that's not a bad way to yeah. go. So then once that, I would say, like, get to the nightlife area a little bit. You'd have a good old greasy rhino. (laughs) I'm not a big fan of the rhino. But it's definitely like a greasy dive bar atmosphere. You want to start off strong. That's where you start. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like like you were saying, the cool thing is if you're downtown, you can walk to so many different bars. So like hop back and forth. Yeah. Hit the rhino. Go get something there. Go to Reds. Get some Um, Jedi shots. Yeah, if you want like unique, sweet tasting female shots, Reds <laughs> has those. Um, Bodega's really good too. 
And then now we're we're kind of talking more about like nightlife, like yeah. nine o'clock on. These yep. are pretty. These bars are pretty dead before nine o'clock. Yep. Um, after nine o'clock on the weekends, they start getting pretty rowdy. Like you starting to go to the if you start to get to those at, at, at kind of the time frame, they start to get busy. You're gonna be starting to question whether or not you're riding the next day. They get <laughs> they get yeah. pretty fun pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, it gets out of control. There's a lot of very attractive females. There's a lot of high energy people. Well, it's like, I mean, Missoula is kind of a college town. Like, yeah, it, I mean, it, it is a college town. Yeah. We have the, the U of M. So, yep, yep. um, weekends in the winter are actually pretty lively around here. But yeah, I would, I would say my favorite bars to party at would be probably Reds and Bodega. Mm-hmm. Bodega definitely attracts a little bit younger crowd. There's like a basketball court inside and pool tables and it can be hard to get drinks because it's pretty packed. Reds generally isn't quite as like rowdy, but still really high energy atmosphere. Mar Bar is pretty high energy as well. And like I've said earlier, it has really good drinks. And then if you want like nightclub style, there's the Badlander, which is right across from Reds. Um, but that's like blow your ears out loud music and dancing and you're going to get people grinding on you, whether it's a man or a woman. Somebody's going <laughs> to grind on you if you're in there. So just be aware before you pay the cover of getting in there. And then there's uh, that place um, under the Golden Rose called Three in the Side, I think it is. Three Doors Down Three, or whatever. I, I can't remember the name of that place. <laughs> Three in the Side, Caleb. What are you getting in the side, buddy? <laughs> no, that's what it's called. It's okay, something yeah. like It's Three it's, Something. Yeah, Three Something. Well, anyway, they have like foosball, darts, uh, yeah, so a Caleb's, bunch of pool tables. Caleb's down in the three-way playing pool. Yeah. <laughs> no comment on that. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a good place to chill if you want to play some pool and get away from the crowd. It's not as packed. Their mixed drinks suck, so I wouldn't spend any money on their mixed I don't drinks. Know, Caleb, but, last time we were there, you were sleeping in a corner. Well, <laughs> not from their mixed drinks. That was from being at Reds buying shots. <laughs> That was a rough uh, night. Well, rough morning. I mean, it was a rough night. The roughness started that night. It did. It, I, did it hit sure. hard. And you yeah. just carried it on to the morning. You didn't even. You didn't even make it to the food trucks. Like after bar close, there's a bunch of food <laughs> trucks that show up right downtown. He was passed. <laughs> I was standing there. I just wasn't coherent enough to get any food. And oh, I'm sure you nauseous. ate something. I probably you, found yeah, something. I'm sure you found something. I generally I do. It, it could have been. Maybe it was in that corner he was sleeping. He probably in. ran to a train car and just found some random food in there. And oh, don't don't ride the train. If you get drunk downtown and like hear the train going by and think it's a good idea to jump on the train, just know. Security will chase you for a while. <laughs> just make, or Don't make sure recommend. you have a house near the train that you can jump off and go hide in. It's just, day. it's not worth the risk. That'll ruin <laughs> a lot of good riding for you, getting thrown mm-hmm. in jail for riding the train. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong type of riding. Uh, well, I think that kind of wraps up this podcast. You guys have anything else you want to say on uh, Missoula, um, the party scene in Missoula, or riding Sealy, or anything related? Well, not really. It's pretty. It's pretty well rounded. You yeah. know, coming out here and taking uh, uh, your vacation, driving the twenty two hours from Wisconsin or whatever. Like you can really get into it all. You can get yourself in trouble and have the uh, stories to go back home to tell with your buddies. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if the if you're staying in Sealy, it's probably not worth driving to Missoula just for a burger and like one drink. But if you're yeah. at the end of your trip or say that you know the snow conditions are crap and you want to go party then it's definitely worth making the drive to missoula because partying in Sealy's it's not really that 
cool. Like, the okay, atmosphere just I've, isn't set I've up had, for it. Yeah, it's if it depends on your group too, because I mean we've had we've had some fun nights in Sealy. Yeah, if you have a good true. group that you came with <laughs> or that you know, a good group of people that you know there. Yeah. Yeah. I think last time, last time we had a good group, we ended up like, there's like a bunch of little ponds and like ice rinks all over the oh, place. Yeah. We had a, uh, a rope tied to the back of the four wheeler and we're doing donuts on the <laughs> ice rink while people were trying to hold on to the rope and like, it's a whole thing. It's a little bit different. It's a little bit different crowd, but oh, it's still a good time. They, uh, they tend to pour a little heavier in Sealy. <laughs> yeah, they don't really care. <laughs> you get a little more bang for your buck. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs>